Yes, sir. I am back and I found my voice. What up? (laughs) Jersey. (laughs) What's up, man? Hey, man. It's good to see you back, brother. I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad I came back to good weather. It is upper 60s right now. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Also happy because today starts our three-part series of our NFL draft breakdown of all the explosive players. And playoffs yeah man playoffs <laughs> we're talking playoffs <laughs> we are talking nba playoffs man how are you doing today i'm good man i'm good it's uh you know we got about three weeks before the draft we got the play-in tournament kicking off today so yep. Uh, yep. it's a lot going on it is a lot going on it's our favorite time of the year man i'm good and i'm looking forward to it and we have special guest number one of the three-part series yeah we're uh, we're gonna welcome in ESPN Titans reporter Teron Davenport, and we're going to go through receivers. TD, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? It's, you hear that that jingle? It's draft time, so you know what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on, man. And I want to get straight into it because I'm, I'm struggling with one receiver, though. I'm struggling with Drake London a lot, and I, I don't know – if he's going to be as impactful as advertised, I just feel like right now I, w- I would put him in a slot immediately. Like he'll be my big slot. But I just think that when it comes to separation and things like that, he's not going to be at that level. People are comparing him to Mike, you know, Mike Evans and Mike Williams and guys like that who have been established. Even Mike, Mike uh, Evans coming out of Texas A&M. I thought he was a better route runner, you know, at that, at that stage of his career. And, you know, you tell me your thoughts on uh, Drake London because I'm struggling right now on him being that elite of a receiver. Yeah, I would use him mostly at X or Z. Okay. Um, I love his downfield catching ability. Yep, 50-50, yeah. That showed with him all the time. There's a big catch radius, but there is that concern that you, you will have just as far as whether or not he is going to be able to do that at the next level. Because typically when you have a guy that's so good at contested catches and those type of things and always making them, it's because he's not getting separation. Yeah. And for me, the guy that I really liken him to is Alshon Jeffrey. So and <laughs> I Al- said the same Alshon, thing. Alshon was one of my worst misses because I remember <laughs> him coming out and I didn't like the way he transitioned in and out of his breaks. Yeah. I remember, you know, he had the little belly and I'm like, what receiver is going to be good with that has a belly, but he went to the league <laughs> and he just really he dominated. And I saw it firsthand, you know, in that 2017 year. So um, I, I think he's very similar to Alshon, just yeah. as far as uh, you can run that slant with him. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he has he's not the fastest guy, but he is able to pull away from defenses if he catches the slant, and he'll surprise some people from that perspective. Yeah, and you know he has the back, basketball background. He obviously decided exactly. between basketball and football. I think last year, year before. Now his production is off the charts in, in the Pac-12. Like you look at 
his stats for the last two years, he's been off the charts as far as like six, you know, six catches, 160 yards, something like that. Like he's consistently getting those numbers. Um, as far as going against a, a top-notch corner in the NFL, though, like a Jalen Ramsey, a Jair Alexander, somebody like that that's going to challenge him at the line of scrimmage, and he's going to have to win down the field. Um, we saw Alshon Jeffrey even, you know, in terms of facing some of these top-notch guys, he struggled, you know, as far as the Jalen Ramsey's guys, like the top-notch guys in the league. He didn't exactly excel, and that's why I said I would move – Drake London around a little bit. I mean, he can work in the slot. Obviously, he's a natural X because of his size and physicality. Um, what what do you say about him going against like the top notch corners in the league? Well, he's just going to have to work on his releases, and that's why it's important that he goes to a a team that has a really good receiver coach, and they just have to figure out a way for him because he's a big target coming off the line. He, he's going to face much more press coverage. You didn't see that a lot in the Pac-12, so you got to get used to knowing how to condense yourself and not be such a big, huge target for corners to get their hands on. So he'll have some work, but he's a really good athlete. I think he'll be fine from that perspective. Right. Question for you, Teron. Always good to have you on the pod. Now, we know that Jameson Williams is obviously phenomenal, like a great, great receiver, but do you think that his ACL injury is going to kind of slow him from getting drafted at the top of the top? I think without the injury, he's probably like a top 15 guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say he'll probably go top. You know, I, I don't see him going past. I don't see him going past the Chiefs. I'll put it that okay. way. Agreed. Okay. So but he, oh, my bad. Go ahead. You have to look at how things are with uh, ACLs now. That's an injury that you guys come back from it. And yeah. sometimes yeah. the ACL, the knee is even stronger. Yeah. But it just depends on the team that's able to make a pick like that and, and, and not get immediate impact. Because mm-hmm. although he's ahead of schedule, yep. he's not going to probably play if you're looking late October, November, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. What is your take on Traylon Burks out of Arkansas? Because he's also an interesting prospect who also can like run the ball as well. Like He's kind of like a hybrid type of player. He had a couple of rushes, a couple of touchdowns out the backfield, 12 touchdowns or whatever this past season. So I'm wondering what you think about him and who's this player come? Cause I thought Debo Samuel, I got AJ Brown <laughs> when I first thought about him, but I mean, I, he just does a lot of the backfield. Maybe he had to for Arkansas, but yeah, I'm yeah, interested I, in your thoughts there. I say AJ Brown is the comparison. And I, I think he's, he's actually the guy that, that I would love to put in the slot yeah. as my power slot mm-hmm. because of all the things that he could do you could run jet sweeps yeah. you could motion him right. into the backfield right. and, and just run toss sweeps with him right. but the thing is and it's very similar to, to AJ Brown the whole question about the speed and I remember talking to him at the combine and and he he specifically said that there's a difference between football speed and track speed and I remember hmm. I asked him about the 40 and he said that he's going to run fast, but he's sick of people questioning his speed. You know, and I love that he he made that that uh, that comment. You know, mm-hmm. he was my number one receiver coming out that oh, year. Wow. All right. So I've always been high. He ran a four four nine. Now, Burks was in the four five range, four yep. five five. I yep. believe four, it was five, four five five. I think he's still a guy that has football speed. Now he's not going to pull away from. Uh, like, you know, like catch a slant and, and, and pull away like A.J. Brown did. I, I don't expect him to do that, but 
I still think that he is a playmaker and he's another one where that contested catch that separation thing falls into play. But I really like him at the slot position. Yeah, man, that's that's good. And if we're talking about, you know, route runners as well. Tell me a little bit about Jahan Dotson, because I think he's going extremely underrated right now. And I'm not understanding why that's happening. Yeah, it's a size thing, and he was expected to to go in the four threes, so he didn't do that. So you have a guy who's not the biggest. He's in the 4-4 range, so all of a sudden that dwarfs what he did on tape. He's another one attacks the football. That guy, he's not big, but he has a catch radius. It's a lot like Brandon Cooks. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, you know, overall game, but I'm talking about not being the biggest guy but able to to still – make it comfortable for quarterbacks to go his way and the way that they both attack the football. And that's what that's what Dotson does. He goes up and gets it. He gives you some yards after the catch. You can get some return from him, too. I, I think he's a, a really good receiver. Now, there are some questions like the the Auburn game. He, he went off, but he and Roger McCrary had some battles. So uh, that's something, you know, I would watch a little more closely if I was selecting them. But he definitely is a first-round talent, in my opinion. I originally had him uh, going to the Titans at 26, but then I thought about it. They don't really like smaller receivers. Most of their guys are at least six one and up. Yeah, yeah. You know, your your comment about Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary was very sticky, even on Jamison Williams. He like I thought Roger McCreary had a great year in the SEC uh, for Auburn. He had a great year. two years. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he's been good for quite some time. Yeah. Um, another, and this is one of my favorite receivers of the class, John Mechie. I feel like nobody's talking about this man, but I love his game. Yeah, he's a smooth receiver. I love his his deep pest, uh, catching ability. I mean, he's a guy. He's not a burner, but yeah. he knows how to stack corners, and that's what I like about him. Uh, he's consistent, and I, I think if he wasn't injured, he'll be a, a high second-round guy, and the team's going to get him. Another thing is he appreciates blocking. And, yeah. uh, I mean, you don't always talk about blocking with receivers, but, hey, I mean, if you're a team like the Titans, a team like the Browns, you know, a team like the Falcons that emphasizes you know, receivers making blocks down the field, he, he'll fit that bill for you. No doubt. And I feel like, you know, watching John Mechie and his releases, how smooth he is in one-on-ones as well. He worked very, very well with Devontae Smith. He worked very, very well with Jamison Williams this past year. Even in crunch time, you know, we all saw the game where he scored the game-winning touchdown. I just feel like he has a knack for just making big plays at, you know, the most crucial times, especially for the Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, I just feel like those that one-two punch, whatever team gets him and once he gets healthy off the ACL and everything like that, I just feel like he's going to make an immediate impact, even if he's just driving in the slot for a little bit. But I just feel like he's he's one of those guys that's going to be able to find the space in the zone. He's going to be able to make the plays that you need on third down, red zone, and can win in man coverage as well. You you tell me kind of what kind of comp are you, you know, you looking at with, with John Mechie? I haven't really found a comp really for, for Mechie, to be honest with you. Um, I, I can't really think of somebody off the bat. Yeah. All right, Teron, give me your top three. Just out of that's coming out of this draft, that's gonna get drafted in the first round. Top three, who you got in order? Well, as far as guys that will be drafted first, I think it's gonna be Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Now, as far as my top three, mm-hmm. I'm going Jameson Williams, 
Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I love okay. the gas that Wilson bring or Williams brings off off of the line of scrimmage. He's someone that, you know, yeah, you could come up and press him, but if you don't get a hand on him, it's <laughs> good it's, luck. It's, it's touchdown. Yeah, good and then luck. on top of that, I like the way that he's able to find windows and zone. And he just is able to catch the ball, immediately get upfield and get you yards after the catch. He's a home run hitter, not just as a deep threat, but as someone, a catch and run kind of guy. Um, as far as uh, Wilson is concerned, I mean, it's, it's he and my, like a lot of people say uh, Stefan Diggs, and I like that comparison. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Robert Woods, honestly. Just yeah. a tough receiver, very consistent hands, like runs excellent routes. Yep. Catch radius is there. So I, I Wilson is, is the guy. I, I really like him. And then Chris Olave. I mean, you have the obvious vertical uh, option that he brings, but he's another one like Mechie knows how to, mm-hmm. you know, he's a polished deep route runner. It's not just, you know, running by a guy with your speed. It's it's, it's selling your routes and, and changing uh, uh, pace within that, that route and doing that. And then he's just smooth. He's a, a, a very smooth receiver. He reminds me a lot of, of Will Fuller, to be honest with you, but just a more consistent pass catcher. Um, I, I really like Olave. He, at one point, was my favorite receiver in this draft, but then I just I, – you can't forget about Jameson Williams and yeah. what he does. <laughs> it's just he, – he's he's the ultimate threat. Yeah. Agreed. He, it's almost like Jameson Williams has that, like, Deshaun Jackson threat of burning you at any play. He's a vertical guy, for sure. Without question. Uh, my last three guys for you, Teron, is going to be uh, Christian Watson for one. David Bell's another one. And then I feel like another receiver that's going really, really under the radar is Justin Ross. Obviously, he had the injury. He didn't have as much production the last couple of years. And that's for a lot of different reasons. I just feel like the way Clemson's offense has been the last couple of years wasn't consistent, wasn't you know great as far as their receivers go. Can you tell me about... You know, we're starting with uh, Christian Watson, and, and tell me what you think about him. Well, Watson, the thing, and, and you don't get too many six four guys that are able to return punts, yeah, right, and and, and be be a help in in the return game, kick return as well, or that lines up in the backfield. So that lets you know that he is a very athletic guy. He's someone that you know, even though he's that size, he has shiftiness, and you saw it at the Senior Bowl just as far as him working out. He's another mm-hmm. one you work him at, out of the slot as well. And just the way that he's able to move, the quickness that he has at that size is very impressive. And I I watched him at the combine when he was over there with with Bomarito's um, speed training. I was watching him just his starts and stuff like that. He's very sudden. And uh, like I said, they use him out of the backfield. He is, I mean, there are some who, who have him in the first round. And I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes first round. He has that kind of talent. I, I think if you watch actually the game, I mean, there's so many games, but my favorite one was a game against Northern Iowa. And he and there's another guy by the name of Isaiah Weston from Northern Iowa. Those guys were good. They could have had together 500 yards uh, receiving wow. if they had better quarterback play. Um, but they ended up, you know, I think Watson was right there around 200. Uh, Isaiah uh, Weston was in the high one 180s or something like that. Man. But these guys were going off. And Weston, that's another one that he is a sleeper. He's 6'4", 218, 4'4", 1", 40-inch vertical. This is a guy that no one is talking about, but 
trust me, there are teams that that do like him. And once they got to see him in person, they really were impressed. I know that that was the case with the Titans. Uh, he actually told me that Mike Vrabel went up to him and, and, and shook his hand and asked him who he was. Wow. You know what I mean? Just because of how he he looked in in the the sweats, you know, uh, yep. uh, at the combine. So, uh, but as far as uh, Watson is is concerned, he's every bit as big. But he was more productive, and he didn't have the injuries. Weston had a a, a knee injury um, a couple years ago, but uh, Watson is he's a clean prospect, and I, I think he's someone that will surprise people. I think the league is is higher on him than a lot of draft people are. Um, the other guy, David Bell, you know, with him, I, I love the character aspect. You know, he wears uh, number three because of his his uh, friend in um, high school that that passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love just he, he's not going to stand out to you athletically, right? Like right. He, he ran a slow forty. None of that stuff at the combine was impressive. But you turn on the tape and you see someone that really works the middle of the field really mm-hmm. well. He's, in my opinion, a Z receiver. And uh, I, I would feel comfortable having him running digs and, you know, those type of routes. Um, he's, like I said, he, he's 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 not going to impress you physically, but you you watch him play, he's a good one. Yeah. As far as Justin Ross is concerned, obviously there's the, the injury stuff that you, you know, have to have a little bit of a concern with. He's a bigger receiver, not really fast or sudden, but I think he could be a really good red zone guy initially. And uh, you could kind of work him further into them. He kind of reminds me, honestly, uh, of Malcolm Floyd. If you kind of go mm. back a little bit to the, the San Diego Chargers yeah. receiver that, uh, you know, he was a vertical guy, but they always love to throw the back shoulder and jump balls to him. I think that's what you get with, with Justin Ross. I think, uh, um, yeah, he, he's a little bit smaller but uh, uh, than the receiver I mentioned, but still, you know, what, 6'3"? I think that's something that's that's big enough. Yeah, he's 6'3", and it has a little bit of length to him. Yeah, and, you know, before we let you go, Teron, I want you to give us one name that nobody's – and I know you gave us a few. Give us one name that nobody's talking about that we should have on our radar. Yeah, Isaiah Weston is the one, to be honest with you. He averaged 24 yards per catch. And, like, for me, I I didn't even know about him until I watched that – that, that North Dakota State versus Northern Iowa game. And then I really started to catch on to him watching Northern Iowa. I'm watching Trevor Penning, and I'm trying to focus on on the end zone view only. But then when they showed the side, the mm-hmm. high sideline view, mm-hmm. I see this guy just literally blazing right past corners. I kept saying, I said, who the heck is this dude? <laughs> and then, sure enough, it, it was it was Weston. And I actually got to talk to him on the pod really uh, – uh, very intelligent nice. guy that just gets it. You know, he has yeah. that team first mindset, another receiver that takes blocking seriously. I, I think he's going to be a guy, another one that, that teams are going to pick and, and no one is really uh, talking about him because of Northern Iowa, but he he's a, he's a good one. I mean, there's a couple, I mean, Bayless Jones Jr. Nobody's talking about him, but, I mean, that dude was hitting 21 miles per hour consistently at the senior bowl. Oof. And he's one of those sturdy type of uh, receivers, you know, that that people just bounce off of. I got a question for you. So, you know, obviously over the past two years, we had the Justin Jefferson, the Jamar, T- Jamar Chase type of receivers. Is there any receiver in this class that you think is going to make an impact like those two did in their first seasons? 
Uh, I think Garrett Wilson is the one that's going to make the impact because he's just he's polished and uh, mm-hmm. he his routes are just so consistent and and on point, precise. I can see him coming right in and becoming a, a safety net for a quarterback. So I, I'll say uh, Garrett Wilson. I agree with that. You know, I, I see the improvement from Garrett Wilson from the previous year to this year. Um, just consistency, right? I just feel like he's able. He was always a good route runner. He was always, you know, polished, but, you know, being consistent at it, you know, play in, play out, I feel like that was a huge leap of the year before and this year. Nah, he made C.J. Stroud look great. Like, he he made Stroud look great. (laughs) But it's nice when you have Olave on the other side, too. So for sure. But we're going to let you get out of here, Teron. We do have a quick question for you before you go, though. NBA playoffs coming up. Who do you got in the playing tournaments tonight? Uh, You know what? I don't even, I, you know, I, I don't even know who their matchups are, man. You know, <laughs> once, are, are the Hawks, the Hawks aren't in it, are they? Yeah, well, the Hawks, are, the Hawks play, play the Hornets tomorrow. So Hawks play the okay. Hornets tomorrow. The Cavs play the Nets tonight. Clippers play the Timberwolves tonight. And also tomorrow you have the Spurs and, and the, Pelicans. the Pelicans. Yeah, I'll go, I, I'll take, I'll take the Nets Durant. tonight and mm-hmm. you yep. said that the Clippers play tonight yeah too? Clippers and Timberwolves play tonight yeah I take the Clippers those are the two teams cool once the Lakers were out of the uh the play and <laughs> I, I lost interest in who was who was left to be honest oh with. no you don't tell me you're a Lakers <laughs> fan TD I'm not a Lakers fan oh. but I like that was that was I just wanted to see that's was where my attention was okay yeah. will they or won't they make it yeah. okay I got you I got you don't worry Teron I'm a Lakers fan and right now I'm gonna watch the playoffs carefree because I <laughs> I don't have to stress about it we suck like <laughs> we, yeah. we, we garbage we didn't make it that's the way it is man and if you had to go ahead and put a name out there or a team out there I should say what team do you have winning it all this year uh I want to say the Sixers, but they just <laughs> they they can't get it together. It's hard, man. It's Boston, hard. Boston is Boston is good. Milwaukee's good. Yeah. Phoenix is good. Yeah. I I'll, I'll just throw it out there, man. Hey, Boston. I, I'll, okay. I'll say Boston. That's, and that's a sleeper because <laughs> nah, not that, a lot of that, people. Yeah, that, that's going Boston. out. That's going out on a limb. I like that. I like that. We appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you for always joining us. You really give us the insight. You really broke down these receivers. A lot to think about. So we'll continue to keep that in mind as we get close to the draft, man. Appreciate you again. Yeah, for sure. And make sure you guys watch Eric Ezekama. We'll he, do. He's a good one, too. Texas Tech. For sure, man. Always good to have Teron on, man. Very, very insightful. That guy's plugged in. Like, <laughs> plugged. That guy is plugged in. He's already talked to over 20 people, like, in the draft. Like, he's really getting to it. He knows his stuff, man. He knows his stuff. Yeah, man. If y'all want to follow him on Twitter, it's T Davenport underscore NFL. And he also has a podcast, yep. uh, Talking with TD. It's on Apple Podcasts. I believe it's on uh, Spotify and all those kind of platforms as well. Yeah, man. TD, man. Look out for him. That dude is going places. He is killing the game right now. Don't know about that Boston pick. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know about that Boston pick, but I like the ambition. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of basketball, man, we have to play in tonight, man. It is time to hoop or drop. Yes, sir. (laughs) Who you got tonight, man? Give me the Nets. Yep. Give me the Clippers. Nets and Clippers. Wow. Okay, so we don't have Minnesota at home wrapping it up. No. Interesting, interesting. What about tomorrow? Who you got? We got the Hornets versus the Hawks. Give me the Hawks. Okay. And give me the Pelicans. Pelicans. 
that Pelican Spurs game to me is going to be very interesting just because obviously Popovich is the best coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think the Pelicans have been playing to their full potential lately. And they have the better players. They have Brandon Ingram. They have, you know, CJ McCollum. But I think Murray's going to be the best player on the court. Yeah. Jan- uh, yeah. Devontae Moore. Yeah, yeah. I think Murray's going to be the best player on the court. And I think that they can at least keep it close. That game's going to be interesting. I was hoping Zion would be back. Allegedly, he may come back we'll if they see. make the playoffs. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, see how we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how that goes, man. What are you expecting from KD and Kyrie tonight as they take on the Cavs? KD's going to have thirty points tonight. Kyrie's going to have twenty points tonight. I thought you were going to make like a bull prediction. No, that, that's that's business. That's, it. that's, <laughs> that's it. business as usual. Man. They're going to handle business. That's 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 business for them. But though. you know what? I think they're going to play a lot better defense tonight than they have been. So. I think I think that's what will be pivotal. I think that Seth Curry is back tonight. I think. I think so. I, I, yeah, I think. I he's think he's probable. Tonight. Yeah. I think he's back tonight. They're going to have to play better defense because they haven't been playing that great of defense as of late. Yeah. All but, year. Yeah, <laughs> th- that too. Yeah. But the Cavs have been slipping lately, so I'm not really, you know, big on the Cavs. I do think the Nets will win the game. I think the Cavs can keep it under single digits. You expect otherwise. You think it's a double-digit win for the Nets? Yeah. Yeah, I think that second game is going to be the better game, the Minnesota versus mm-hmm. That's gonna be a good game. Clippers game. Paul George came back, and the Clippers have been – Fairly hot. Watch the Minnesota Timberwolves put Pat Bev on them. <laughs> they, they got to. <laughs> Somebody got to pest them around. He going to be on him or Reggie Jackson. Yeah, like, probably. He going to be on him. Oh, he or definitely going to be on Reggie Jackson. He going to be on him or Reggie Jackson. Who do you expect to step up for the Timberwolves if they're going to win this game? It has to be Anthony Edwards. I that, mean, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. It has to be Anthony Edwards. And Carl Anthony Towns has to control the rebounds. He has to control the glass. Has to control the glass because the Clippers have big men. Like yeah. they, they're going to be able to get rebounds, yeah. and they they have a lot of length. Like they have a lot of shooters, so it's imperative for them to really be hitting on all cylinders that they want to win this game at home. Yeah, I think Towns is going to have to play bigger than he particularly likes to play because we know he likes to float around the perimeter yeah, a lot. Yeah, he wants to float around the perimeter a lot. He's a he's a finesse player, mm-hmm. stretch four per se, but he's going to have to get big if they want to win this game because the Clippers are playing good defense. They are scoring in spurts, and Paul George is looking good. Like yeah. I'm convinced that he wasn't hurt at all. He was just taking the months <laughs> off. Like he came back, his legs is fresher than fresh. That man looks good. Yeah, like that elbow ain't bothering him at all. He definitely looks healthy. Yeah, he lo- he looks really healthy, and it looks like they are prime. I'm gonna go with the Timberwolves in this game. I think that the Timberwolves have just a little bit more talent, um, and I think that. You know, the Clippers are hot, and I think it's going to be a close game. But I think at home, the Timberwolves will pull it out. I think Anthony Edwards is going to have a big game. I think D'Lo is going to have a really solid game, too. He has to. I think, D- I think D'Lo is going to have a really, really solid game. He's going to have to score upwards of 15 to 20 Agreed. for them to win this game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Clippers won, but I do think the Timberwolves will win this game. As for the Nets, they're going to – I think they will handle business, but I think the Cavs can keep it a single digits. Yeah. I think the the length for the Clippers, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, you got Paul George, you're like you have so Trey Mann, like you have so many guys that can you know just defend the yeah. perimeter yep. and also clog up the paint for a potential Carl Anthony Towns, so yep. it might give him a little bit issues as well. So we're gonna see. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I want to look at tomorrow's game too. That Hawks versus Hornets game. Yeah. 
I think that's gonna Box be. A, I think that's gonna be a really fun game to watch. Trey Young versus <laughs> Lamelo Ball. Like Lamelo Ball, if y'all don't know, is a flashy yeah. player. Yeah. That dude brings it though. Yeah. Like he brings it. And the Hornets are just a fun team to watch. They're right. they're a young team, high flying, really quick offense, like very fast paced team. And I think that they can definitely keep up with the Hawks, but they're gonna have to play a little defense. Or Trey Young is gonna go bananas tomorrow. Agreed. Trey Young is going to go bananas tomorrow. But I do think, and this this may be my bold prediction, I think that the Hornets are going to win that game. I, th- I think the Hornets are going to I think the Hornets are going to beat the Hawks tomorrow. I do. I think I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think that the Hornets are going to get out to like a little lead, maybe like 10, 11 points, just because they're so explosive. And they tend to slow down in the second half, but I think they'll be able to hold on and just win a nail biter there in Atlanta. I'm not doubting Trey Young. <laughs> I'm not no, I'm not I'm not doubting I'm not They're doubting Trey Young. That either. Win. I'm not doubting Trey Young either, but I think that he can score 40 and they can still lose by like four or five True. points. So I th- I think that's that's gonna be a very, very close game. So who do you have if you have the Hawks winning tomorrow and you have the Nets winning today, who do you have against the Cavs Hawks? Hawks as well? Hawks. So you have the Nets and Hawks. Yeah. Nets and Hawks getting in. Okay. If I have the Hornets winning tomorrow, I have the Nets and Hornets. Maybe I'm being a homer. I was just I was just home. So maybe I'm being a homer. I have no idea. But it's going to be interesting. What first round playoff matchup are you most forward or are you looking to this weekend? I'm going to give you two. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. One, the 76ers and the Toronto you Raptors. Stole mine. That <laughs> you is stole going mine. to be a great yep. matchup. Yep. It's going to be a great matchup. Sixers are not going to have a cakewalk. They're not going to have a cakewalk. James Harden is on the witness stand. He's he look they look they put him up there. <laughs> you better perform. Yeah, and B's going to bring it. We yeah. know and going to average thirty. Yep. probably thirty and 12, 30 and thirteen per night. Harden has to bring it. Yeah, he has, has to, to bring it because this is if there's ever a team to challenge Joel Embiid, it's the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, Toronto Raptors have the talent across the board. Like Siakam's playing great. It's the great. length, man. Yeah. All of them, like it's yep. crazy. They got like seven foot wingspan, like yep. all of them. Yep. So it's it's gonna be very interesting. What's your other one? And my other one, Dallas and Denver. You pick both of mine. Uh, <laughs> I, I rock, we had the same ones. I'm not as big on that one right now, just because Luca's Luka, out indefinitely. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that means maybe like three or four games, because there's no real timetable with that. But that means he can also come back fairly quickly. Right. So I'm hoping that he comes back at least by game three because I actually have them beating Utah. I do too. I actually have Dallas beating Utah and getting Utah out the paint. Um, Per usual, like they always do in the playoffs. They're a regular season team for me. But they just haven't been looking good lately. Like there's something going on between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert that's not really being talked about, but their chemistry is not the normal. Like they haven't been the same even regular season jazz team that we've seen. Wait, hold on. Is the matchup Dallas... And Denver, or is it Dallas and Utah? I think it's Dallas and, and then Utah. It's Warriors, Denver. Yeah, That's what it yeah, is. Okay, it's Dallas and Utah. Okay, and that it's makes sense. Warriors and Denver. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's Warriors and Denver. I'm not really interested that much in that Warriors and Denver matchup. Well, unless Steph does not play, then there's they're in trouble. Uh, yeah, no. If Steph doesn't play, they're in trouble. But if Steph plays, I think they're fine. Yeah, I agree. Who are you feeling then if we get to a Nets Celtics playoff matchup? Oof, this one right here is tough. I'm this, not gonna lie to this you. This will be a two set. This will be a two versus seven because the Celtics, Celtics are, good. are defense. A <laughs> they're a great defensive team. Yeah. yeah, and I mean great top three defensive team. And they have two two way wings 
that can do it from anywhere. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They are tremendous young talents, and they're still going to lose this series because <laughs> of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> what, what an eloquent soliloquy just to say, but they're going to lose the series. Nah, I, th- I think the same thing. But guess what? It's, it's going to go – I think it's going seven games. Yeah, six, six or seven games at minimum. I think it's going seven games just because of how tough – the Celtics are, and their head coach came from the Nets. Yep. So he knows them. Worried about the health of their center. Yeah, um, Robert Williams. Williams. Yeah, worried about the health of Williams because I know he got hurt a few mm. weeks ago, and I don't know if he'll be back in time. Yeah. Um. So I think that that might be, you know, the only thing that kind of scares me. But I, th- I think the Nets are going to win anyway. Yeah. But it's going to be a very, very tough series. Agreed. It's going to be a very, very tough series. All right, man, some quick takes before we get out of here. Prayers and condolences to the family of Dwayne Haskins who passed away in a tragic car accident over the weekend in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, in Florida. So prayers and condolences up to him and his family. Stefan Diggs, man, got a new contract. The receivers are getting paid out here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of receivers today, receivers in the league right now getting paid, so looking good for him. Lakers fire Frank Vogel, man. Did he deserve it? No. I think he did. No. Eh, I, like, I, just, I think he did. Here, here's what I'm going to say about the whole situation with the Lakers is, I mean, if he didn't, if he was the one that did not want Russell Westbrook and they still made the trade with, without him approving, they're in the wrong. Like you don't trade for somebody without the head coach all on board with it. And that's, that's the problem. If that is true, if it, if it came out to where LeBron and AD went directly to Rob Palenka and said, that's what they wanted to do. And they went ahead and did that. Obviously, they let Frank Vogel know that's what they wanted to do. And he he was like, all right, if LeBron wants it, we're going to do it. Cool. But I, I just feel like he shouldn't have been fired for that. And then I feel like everybody's blaming him. Russell Westbrook blaming him. LeBron's blaming him. AD's blaming him. And it's like, y'all need to get accountability as well. Y'all oh, no. have a lot to do with this. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's a whole separate point in its entirety. I don't think the blame should be on Vogel. But somebody, somebody's got to be the scapegoat, obviously. And it's Some, definitely him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Somebody's yeah. got to get fired, and it's, it's going to be Vogel. Like, I do think coaching matters. I'm not saying that it was all his fault. One, AD can't play over five games yeah. in a season. He gets hurt every week. Um, he's worse than me. Like, yeah, he, like, he gets hurt every week. So, I mean, if you can't stay healthy, you've built your roster around, you know, a lot of older players. Yeah. And your coach can only do but so much. Granted, I don't think he did a great job. So I'm not arguing that. So I'm not saying that it was his fault. Do I think he he was up to get fired? Yes, I do. I think another coach they're going to have to bring in is going to have to be able to take leadership, call some better plays, and, you know, surround the team with, you know, better talent. And I know that's also on Rob Palenka and LeBron James. But I'm not blaming him solely for their struggles. I think injuries, uh, the lack of chemistry, and you know the just, lack of youth and yeah, shooting yeah that's what I'm saying the lack of shooting like the overall team in general it was bad it, it looked good on paper at the beginning of the year with Russ AD and LeBron like you have a you have a great big three there but they didn't develop any chemistry together barely played on the court together because someone was always hurt yeah and if you if you have players that you know are ball dominant players AD especially Russ like you need to have an offense kind of tailored around that. And you kind of need everybody to figure out their role. And I figure, I feel like 
none of them except for LeBron was able to find their role on that team yeah. this season. So I think that was the, you know, the downfall. And like I said, somebody's got to go and they're not getting rid of LeBron James. They're not getting rid of AD. They, they potentially will try to trade Russ in the off season, but Vogel's got to go. Like it's the Lakers. Like that's what comes with the mm-hmm. Lakers. I yeah. feel like yeah. that comes with the cachet of the Lakers. So I'm not really mad at it. It, it is what it is. Um, I'm just hoping the next coach, hearing rumors of potentially Doc Rivers, because mm-hmm. I'm he, hearing he, he could be fired. Hearing that he could be fired, at Toronto. If, if y'all come out with that victory, Doc might be out of there. <laughs> Doc, Doc might be out of there in Philly. Like yeah. James Harden, you playing for that man's job? Yeah, <laughs> you playing for that man's job? You need to perform. Right. So I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah, somebody had to go, and unfortunately, it was Vogel. Man. Yeah, he was definitely the scapegoat. Yeah, he was definitely the scapegoat. And before we get out of here, congrats to Scotty Scheffler on winning the 2022 Masters. Salute to Tiger for actually playing in the Masters. Sure. That, that's a huge thing for him. Coming back his first major tournament since the injury. Uh, played decent in the early rounds. That second day on Saturday, the weather was freezing. The temperatures were rigid. The wind was blowing. Didn't have his best day, but. Just just kudos to them for playing and even, you know, just fighting through it and making the cut. Yeah. I, I was just happy that he made the cut, man. But want to say, you know, thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you to all for tuning in. Remember, Black Lives Matter. They always matter and they will forever matter. Want to continue to send our prayers to those out in Ukraine, the families out there. Prayers out to the ones out in Brooklyn, New York as well for the incident that happened today on the uh, subway station. Yeah. That That's tragic, tragic. Hoping that, you know, nobody was... You know particularly harmed in a fatal way yeah. hoping that you know everyone can recover and that justice is served for the one that did that because that that was a horrible horrible thing so everyone just continue to be aware of your surroundings stay safe and wear your mask because covid is still out here i know it's getting warm i sound a little clammy not because of covid because of allergies the pollen is beating me down guys yeah i need recommendations on allergy medicine this claritin is trash <laughs> that's all i got though yeah man appreciate y'all following along um, appreciate you guys joining for this series. Yep. Um, Part we'll two ha- next week. Right. Yep. Yep. We'll have Ed Rushers next week. Yep. Um, and, you know, appreciate you guys. All the love, man. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other platforms you, you stream and you listen to us on. We appreciate you and we thank you. We thank you guys and we are out of here. Really thought it ain't no debate. No way, ain't no escape. Big dog eating off the plate. Cool breeze marked with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Racked up more than Serena. Wife a baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a leader. I'm at the wood. I said I would get no mediocre. I'm feeling like tip. Sound like the me. We got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is the swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no addy. This is the wave to give them no feeling. Rappers be capping. No, I don't feel you. Feel like the man when I walk through the building. Too many scars and spiritual healing. I got a million dreams. I got a million schemes. We going crazy. We going crazy. We got the winning team.